so basically for the intro, like I said, it's cold open. So basically, I'm not gonna set you up like hi, welcome to my favorite game and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just basically cold open. So I basically ask X, what is your favorite game? They respond, my favorite game is Y. So in this case, I'd ask Charlie Hodgson, what is your favorite game? You respond, my favorite game is the Sims. Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> I've changed it. <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna do. You're gonna say that, aren't you? No, I promise I won't. I'll behave. I'll behave. It's the, obviously the real answer, but I'll behave and say my other one, my PC one. <laughs> Charlie Hodson, what is your favorite game? My favorite game is The Sims. No, it's Legend Suit Larry. I take it back. There's a gun to my head. Dude, that would have been a fun show if you actually said Legend Suit Larry. That actually would be fun. I just go with it. I haven't played the game at all, but I just do the entire podcast just trying to explain like I've played it and see if I can convince you. Just wing it. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy called Larry. I think you're getting his suit. I know, I don't know. I think I've lost it already. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
No, not Skyrim, Spyro. God, no, we're not time travelers, I promise. It was Spyro, it was Spyro. Either way, we were on the last mission of Spyro and he got off the bed and he went across the room and he tripped over the PlayStation controller cable, pulled the PlayStation out the wall and I didn't have a memory card so we couldn't save it and we just tried to play it in one playthrough and it didn't work. So that's my earliest feeling of gamer pain. <laughs> I know, it's horrible. It's not funny. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just legitimately in pain just hearing that. I know. It was terrible, but it's, it's clearly it stuck with me. It was a really fun memory because uh, like uh, up until that point, we'd stayed up all night playing it. And whenever we got stuck, we'd take it in turns. Um, I couldn't tell you what the game's about aside from dragons and the crystal dragon things. But I just, I remember just gluing with me that idea of playing it with friends and the replayability and getting stories done. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, the next console I got um, was a Game Boy Color. And I was pretty mad on Pokemon Red. I've only ever, ever owned and played Pokemon Red out of the whole franchise. And my next Nintendo console after that was actually the Switch, where I played Pokemon Eevee with my daughter. So there's a huge gap in my Pokemon knowledge there. Um, but yeah, That's after that, we just moved it to the PlayStation. And that was, that was not the PlayStation, mate. I can't talk, it was the Xbox. And that's when things got legit, was when the Xbox came along for me. What sort of defined your Xbox experience at the time, anyway? Uh, Fusion Frenzy, mate. <laughs> that was it, all day, Fusion Frenzy. No, um, I, it's a really weird one, because it was the 360, so we didn't even have the original console. We got the 360. Fusion Frenzy, I obviously do remember. Um, but the first big game I can remember playing and finishing and investing loads of my time on was Fable 2. Um, that was, that was ah. the one for me. Um, I remember playing a little bit of Halo back in the day, but it was mostly just trying to get the warthog stuck in the door during the campaign, but that was it. Mm, Fable 2, though, like, that is... <sighs> the, the sigh says it all. The sigh says it all. Wait, it does. It really what does. did you choose at the end? Can we continue this conversation? What did you pick at the end? Oh, funny enough, I never finished Fable 2, <gasps> but I was so close to the end. I was so close to the end. Right, we both got homework. You need to finish Fable 2 and I need to finish Spyro. <laughs> okay. Yes, miss. I'll, I'll, I'll get that homework to you. Okay, what we will do is pick up this conversation when you have finished it, because I don't want to influence you, but you should know by now, hopefully, that there is a fairly significant decision at the end of Fable 2. That, that I do know. That okay, I good. do know, at least. Good. I um... won't say anything else, though. You've got to figure that bit out. <laughs> I will figure that bit out, and... <laughs> see what goes from there but like it's gonna be It'll i be don't know what i don't know what to expect from it <laughs> i'll tell you well, what you I'll, can I'll, like I do, I do i do because i know something happens but but i'm not gonna <laughs> say anything i can tell you that the things i remember about fable that i really loved um I remember gathering in Bowerstone Market, having a million wives and many, many children and dancing in the middle of the square and all the townsfolk coming around to see me and celebrating and clapping and dancing and then me turning the safety button off and fire burning them all to death. So that was <laughs> that was interesting. And I also remember there's, there's a bit in the game. I don't think this is a spoiler, so I will press ahead, but shout if you want me to stop. There's a bit in the game where regardless of the, the sort of character and the choices that you make to be either the good or the evil side, you end up in prison. And annoyingly, I think I made a couple bad decisions in prison because my character went from really good and ethereal and beautiful and everyone loved her to she came out the other end and she was bold, she was veiny, she had horns like the devil. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to roll with this character now. So 
yeah it was it was just i was just completely like entranced by the game and all the voices i just that i think that was the game for me that went games are more than just you know entertainment you put them on like there can be an emotional connection you can get really invested in in stories um so yeah i'm not sure if that influenced me um in you know my later choices in in the gaming industry or or to pick up other titles but i i remember that being a pretty significant game for me and i will say as well um fable 2 like a lot of my time in fable 2 i'm like straight up spoilers for later on the season fable is a game that will be a main episode in Ooh. this coming season albeit Ooh. it's not fable 2 <laughs> but um what defines fable for me is that sort of wholesome eh, well not, i don't know if i'd say well eh, do i call it wholesome i don't know but i'd, I'd call that sort of british charm yes yeah it's like it a whimsy has, to it yes 100%. yes that's it that's it and especially when playing with a co-op co playing in co-op with a friend or something it was just legitimately you could get up to so much chaos and yes. stuff it was just like <laughs> yeah I think I think I was talking about Fable 2 again. It has me really itching to play it again. So. And you need to get it out the way with the new Fable, you know, having been <laughs> announced by Xbox last year, you know it's on the way. So something to work to. Oh, I'm so playground. sorry. I've just added some workload to you, haven't I? <laughs> playground and Fable. I'm so I excited. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I could talk about how amazing Playground is all day. But... Mate, my second game for what I was potentially going to say was my favourite game of all time was a Playground game. I was going to say Forza Horizon, but I didn't in the end for reasons I'd happily mentioned towards the end of the the, the podcast for, you know, spoiler reasons. It will get an on honourable mention from me for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. So we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> yes, that's coming. Make sure you stick around to this podcast where Charlie spoils some more honourable mentions. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's actually really bizarre. And my other half says that no one should follow my lead in terms of getting a job that you love because I don't live in the real world. And here's for why. So I was at university. Um, I was studying multimedia journalism. Um, and in the first year of university, I found out I was pregnant. So I left university. I deferred my course for a year so I could have my lovely daughter who is turning nine in a few months. She's called Scarlett and she is absolutely wonderful. Uh, and I went back the summer after I had her and I swapped onto English as I realized that journalism wasn't really my thing. And the only reason I took it was because I wanted to be a video game journalist. And one of the first things I did, you know, later down this story when I moved to London is I applied for Video Gamer because I desperately wanted to work with them because I was obsessed with their YouTube channel. And, and the whole bunch of them so either way i stuck to english i did a couple years there i came out with a really good degree and i thought you know what maybe gaming is just a hobby so i went to train to become a teacher and i did that for two months before going i hate this i can't do it and i left immediately and i'm still paying the student finance for the two months i went on that course so thank you very much for that mr government um, oh my god! How much was it? Just out of curiosity. It was it was it was a full year's course, so it would have been what nine grand, and I, I did two months of it, and it, that was added on top of my other degree that I'm also paying off. So yeah, that's that's a fun thing. Um, but yeah, I left that, and then my other half had already moved. So I met him at university on the journalism degree. He'd graduated a year prior and had moved to London for uh, a job doing journalism for a different company. And so, you know what? I'm just going to apply to a bunch of jobs 
in London, see if I can just move up with him. And then, then I can sort of chart my course of where I want to go. And the first job I got, and I remember going to the interview and I, they called me up to offer me the job on my train on the way home, which was such a lovely feeling. It was for Global Radio, who do like Capital, Heart, Radio X. And I worked with them on a website called Pop Buzz, which was also formerly known as We The Unicorns. Very weird name. None of us liked it. Um, where we would write about YouTubers and they hired me because of my gaming expertise. So I spent maybe two years of my life writing quizzes about Zoella's dog and how Tanya Burr had put something on Instagram that was a little bit racy. And honestly, it was just the weirdest years of my life. But what I did get to do was do lots of quizzes about Jacksepticeye or, um, you know, in back in the day when PewDiePie was on a mad one doing anything and everything to upset everyone. That was me covering all of that on that website. Um, and then I'd work closely with uh, Capital, with Radio X, because they wanted to do more work in gaming. So whenever briefs came through to do advertisements with Xbox, they'd get me in the room to sort of be the expert in the room and to give them advice on, you know, what Chris Moyles would say about X, Y and Z to, to make the sponsorship work. And I was there for a few years and it was all right. And it was sort of, it didn't really feel like a job because as I said, I was just watching YouTube in my free time. That is my source of entertainment and then going to work and writing about them. But to make the story even weirder, and this is where my other half says, I don't live in the real world. I got a random message on LinkedIn from a company called Edelman, who is a sort of like a PR company and they have clients. And one of the clients they look after is Xbox UK. And they reached out to me and they said, hey, we've got a position to be a community manager at Xbox UK. Do you want the job? And I was like, um, are you sure this is real? I'm very interested. So I went along thinking it wasn't true whatsoever. And I remember going into London and I sat down and I actually legitimately met the, the Edelman Xbox UK team. And I, I remember saying this meeting, I was like, so if I get this job, do I get the passwords to like Xbox UK and everything? And they're like, yeah, you tweet every day. And I was like, oh my God, this is a job and it's real and I'm so close. And so I did a couple interview stages of just talking to people. And then I remember for my final stage, they contacted me to say I was on the final stage and I had to prepare a presentation where I would basically pull apart their social media and say what I would do on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook to make it better and design assets and everything. And they told me to do that while I was on a holiday at Disneyland with my daughter and my parents. So we'd go to Disneyland in the day at Paris and then in bed until three o'clock in the morning, I'm writing this presentation about how to like fix Xbox UK's account. And then, well, I think we know where it goes from there. I did the presentation and I got the job. So that was it. I went from writing about YouTubers to doing community management in Xbox, which is a hell of a step. Uh, and I get asked most days on Twitter, how do I get a job in the games industry? And it's, it's tough to explain because I've been very lucky and I can only say, you know, Put yourself in the right places. I had a LinkedIn that was up to date with a heavy focus on gaming. Um, make make friends authentically. Don't get into like weird spaces where you're forcing a friendship because you want to have them on your Twitter friends or something. Um, and just prove that you work hard and you you care. I think there's um, you know, I, I won't say very many names. In fact, I'll say no names here. But I think there's very clear some individuals, particularly when it comes to streaming, Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, those people who have like 10 followers and they're already coming up with like partnership decks and why you should sponsor them. And it's like, well, you're making it clear from the off that you're in this for a business. And actually you're not here to sort of make friends and play games and start a community. So I always try to guide people away from doing that. Um, 
but yeah so i did my community management job for three to four years i helped launch the xbox one x i went to e3 a couple years i was underneath i was sat underneath the stage by a bin when keanu reeves came out and called everyone in the room breathtaking breathtaking even you're breathtaking you're all breathtaking and i was downstairs and he didn't say it to me and i just had to just live with it like you got gray and boyd sat nicely on the table leading everyone on what you should tweet out from the e3 show when i've just sat by a bin on the floor but it was fun that was an experience uh, i've done e3 i've presented inside xbox um i presented xo19 when it came to london when the microsoft store in london launched i got to play forza with john boyega which is wild um and all of these amazing things happen and then the boss for my job at that point which is a lovely lady called Lai Ling who moved back to Australia to be with her other half and now actually works for Nintendo her job came up I applied applied for it and I got it so now for the past year I have been the social media and events lead for Xbox UK and Ireland whilst also maintaining my Xbox on hosting roles and stuff like that um and boy, has it been a very fun year to learn how to do events during a global pandemic. That's been real fun. <laughs> oh, I can only mm -hmm. imagine. Well, the funny thing is, is that every other community manager and every other events lead has had to figure out what what an event means during a pandemic. So I've just sort of joined that field. I've, I've been with them step one because I, I didn't have this job when there wasn't COVID-19 going around. So what I lack in public like IRL events, I don't need to worry about because I'm figuring out digital events with everyone else. So I'm, I'm quite lucky at the moment that when we can go back outside, I am behind the curve and I need to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. But people people are kind. I'm sure they'll help me out. Mm. <laughs> and also, just to go back slightly, I love how the fact you were so sort of excited to be handed the sort of passwords to Mate, all the social media channels. You like kidding? as if you were being handed the keys to the nuclear arsenal, to the nuclear yeah. football. Have you seen some of the crap we've put on those channels? Honestly, we've been told off for some of it because what we like to do at Xbox UK is we can be quite wholesome and lovely and charming, but then we quite like to get a bit meme -y and edgelordy and saying that out loud makes me feel like a bit of a douche, but it's true. We like to push some of the buttons and change the tone of voice that Xbox talks about things. And some of the best tweets we've ever done, um, I remember it was one E3 and we were in the microsoft center and nintendo had just done their presentation when then they announced that fortnite had gone cross play or something like that so i just tweeted i was with my boss at the time and i said do you mind if i send this tweet and it was just at nintendo want a duo later or like want a fortnite duos or something later and i think to this day that is that got like two million reach or something and everyone went crazy because it's it's this sort of power that comes with not only being xbox but being a verified channel is very overwhelming i remember when i started that job i was so anxious to do any tweets i triple checked everything for spelling errors if i even replied to someone saying i love you xbox and i wanted to send like a green heart emoji i would send an email to make sure it was fine and by the end of it i was just straight up sending simpson memes to people because i was like yeah i don't care that makes sense <laughs> on this channel now i don't know anymore <laughs> So if you want an idea of why Xbox UK has sort of gone yeah. the way it has, 
you know yeah you know well I'm... it's me and there's a lovely guy called adam jenkins who's been on the account i think it was about a year before i turned up or so um and i i learned everything from him i can't be or at least i wouldn't be half the community manager i am today if it wasn't for him so i have to give him credit though he is <laughs> He is the most sort of like nihilistic, pessimistic dude in the world. So I'm the bubbly one that puts all the emojis on stuff and makes it a bit happier. If it wasn't for me, Adam would have taken it in a very different direction. And honestly, I would have loved to see that alternate universe Xbox. Oh, it would have been good. talk of your favorite game then the sims mm-hmm. um we have past experience talking of the sims because and we will get to this um because uh for those who are coming along to our dear little website play diaries you may remember uh press play episode we put out last year uh was it oh god it was last year so i can't keep up with time anymore time, <laughs> time is not, isn't not a, a thing concept. anymore it's fine time time, time died the, the minute the pandemic <laughs> kicked off it died back in march we're just guessing at this point and now we are catching up on march oh, Jesus Christ. oh no 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 <laughs> one full year of this nightmare <laughs> um <laughs> we put out an episode of press play um last year talking about being queer in the games industry i was on it i was hosting charlie was on it along mm-hmm. with four other people as well else white um ed fear um other people as well <laughs> my mind is just completely gone it's, I'm goo. Sorry, all... it's goo it's fine it's like brains are goo especially in a pandemic um <laughs> and basically the very popular answer when it came to one of the games being discussed during the panel was the sins mm-hmm. And we will touch upon this in more detail in a little bit. But basically, I am not surprised in light of that panel that The Sims was the pick that you went for, basically. Yeah, so there are there are so many games that came into consideration for me. I think I, like very many other people, find it quite difficult to isolate one favourite game because there are days when I wake up or, or I know I've got time to play a game where I don't want to play The Sims at all. It's not on my list of things to do at all. And I, I feel like I have different favourite games based on the mood I'm in and I'm happy to share some of those with you. Again, stick around till the end of the podcast where I talk about them. Um, but for me, the sort of constant of one of the games I've played literally since the beginning, I've got it on every platform I can go on. It's been with me for really significant moments in my life it's just felt like it's the one game that's been with me before other titles sort of joined my list of favorite games um so what i mean one of the things you mentioned on on the panel about gaming and and queerness is 
it it took me very very many years i think i was in my 20s before i sort of came to terms with my own sexuality which for the sake of this podcast if no one knows i'm a proud bisexual woman um and it's when i look back on me playing sims when i was younger and me realizing you can get two ladies to kiss or two boys to kiss and me being like oh this is kind of cool because that just wasn't a part of my day-to-day life this certainly wasn't at school i had no one in my family who was queer and yet there was something in this game that said that's not only fine but there's also zero barriers to it but there isn't going to be confetti and explosions that it's different it was just a part of modern life in that game and i think you know as as i got older i think back and i'm like yeah maybe that's why i made so many lesbian characters but yeah i just remember that being really important but then outside of the queerness and that sort of windows that opened for me and the, the things i was allowed to question about sexuality um I remember playing it a lot with my sister, uh, my sister who does not play games in the slightest, but we would fight like hell over The Sims to the point where my mum would get a sort of sand timer that you would turn over and it was literally, it's my turn on The Sims. And then whenever you knew the arrow was up, the the sibling would come upstairs and be like, this is nearly finished now, get off the game. And then we'd have to swap turns and I would make families for all my friends at school. I remember making, oh my God, I'm gonna tell you something so embarrassing the time in my life when i was obsessed with true blood the tv show true blood i made a restaurant in the sims ran by the the flipping what they called the lineup the top billing cast of true blood i like alexander skarsgård was the chef and like (laughs) so stupid and i loved it and i did the gnome cheat so they never got tired and they just lived and worked 24 7 in this restaurant because i made it look really nice um what else i remember doing relationships in there everyone's done that though you're you're going out with someone you make a relationship you have babies i just made the mistake of telling someone that i I did that and they thought it was a bit weird because we'd only been together for like a month at the time um but yeah, and then we could go up to today and I stream it. Well, I'm a variety streamer, so I can't say I stream it often. I try to stream it once every two weeks or once a month or something. And I'm currently doing the 100 Babies Challenge, which is going to take me about five years to do. But I just, I love it. I'm having babies and like chat is naming them all. We have some of the best names you could ever hear for children, Johnny. We have Wilma Dickfit. <laughs> Juana Blow Me is another child. <laughs> Huge erection is a bit of an obvious one. There was a really good one. Um, Masturbate. Uh, what's the most recent one that we did that was really good? Oh, no. Oh, Mr. Period. Um, just some of the <laughs> best names you've ever heard for children. And I'm having so much fun. And I get so angsty and aggressive and like designing houses and figuring out how best to do this challenge. You are losing it. I could have stopped at Wilma Dickfit and just left. <laughs> I also have another character called My Cunt as well, if you want to have that one for free. (laughs) 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 So brilliant. She's called Mike. It's it's a female character called Mike. What's wrong with that? Mike, last name Hunt. I didn't say anything (laughs) wrong there, did I? (laughs) I I think I'm having a heart attack from the man of last (laughs) It's very fun. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it just brings everyone together and everyone tries to like outdo themselves. We had a kid that was just called Dovakin Fosrodar at some point. Last name Fosrodar. <laughs> Please say Tom Hard knows of that. <laughs> it's just brilliant and I love it. And like whenever I do work or, you know, distract myself from work and I need something in the background, there's a ton of YouTubers on and Twitch streamers who I will just watch 
make houses like Lil Simsy, Plumbella, to name a few, Delegracy, um, that I would just sort of, it's for me, it's like that sort of like ASMR lo-fi hip hop. You like to have something on in the background because it's very you know, calming. For me, that's just mm. watching people build houses in The Sims. So yeah, that's why it's my favorite game. It's just, it's just a constant place for like chill and i can just put some music on and relax there's no difficulty curve i could sort of expect sort of weird crazy random things to happen that are completely out of my control and i just have to react to them and whilst there are some issues with the game and some areas of quality of life that could use improving and hopefully if we ever hear about sims 5 that will be done yeah for me for as long as i can remember the sims has been a positive experience and is a just it have been a game i've played whether it's one two three four all of the expansion packs when it was sims 2 busted out on the xbox and that prick malcolm langrab would come around and steal something Fuck from him. your fucking house honestly you lived with the mum and he'd turn up and steal your scooter what a prick i Why need that so yeah Sounds like you've got a gripe with him as well. I do. I <laughs> fucking do. It's been at least how long has it been? Seventeen years since I played that game yeah. on PlayStation Two. That's the one. Fuck him. Fuck that dick. <laughs> All my homies hate him. <laughs> and the amazing thing now is like, not to get too like work or, or like business heavy or anything like that, but the fact that EA Play is, was recently added to Game Pass means that now I can play Sims in the front front room of my house on my Xbox Series X and I just got to plug in a wireless mouse and keyboard. So I can now play Sims in any room of my house, which I do with my daughter. She has her own house and she has a cat and it's brilliant. And ah, I can just see that sort of love for the game passing on to my youngest. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's brill. I love it. It's a really generational thing when you put it like that. Yeah, it really is. Not necessarily just in the Sims itself, but I guess other games like it, I guess. Like, how do you find what's your sort of concept of playing as god let's say Ooh, that is a good question and it's interesting you mention it because some of the other games that i do really like playing do lean into that concept and i was thinking of maybe saying the civ series you know could be my favorite game because i love that sort of top-down rts which very much if you want to get really literal while the sims is a sim simulation game it's also a real-time strategy game it's just with real people and real lives and it's closer than to reality than it is fantasy but i also love one of my favorite games is a game called banished um which i started playing because i saw felicia day tweet about playing it and it's like like god created game where you have a, a tiny little village and then the winter comes and you have to make sure everyone's got nice little winter coats or else they all die um so yeah i think yeah maybe there is something with me about playing god in games that actually i need to unpack a little bit more now you've said that mm. <laughs> i didn't think it would be sort of a deep answer I've been yeah looking for. you've you've sort of opened pandora's box there and i'm like do i have a control issue <laughs> um <laughs> But I just, yeah, the fact that we could do that in video games, I wonder if there there is something deeper there. And I would actually maybe love to talk to other people about that who do play The Sims and other RTS simulators about if there is the promotion of like controlling something, especially when it comes to The Sims and having a perfect life and a perfect house and children who are getting A's at school and you're top of your career, but you're also really fit and you're wearing your favorite clothes. Like maybe there is something fundamentally desirable about sort of projecting what you want and what is successful in a video game that you know if you play halo for example you are just master chief you play through master chief story and that's it end of the day roll credits but the sims is what you make of it 
very powerful. What what other games would you play that sort of follow up along those sort of sim strategy sort of lines, basically, like The Sims or Civilization? Um, so I've mentioned Banish is a very good example of this. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure if it even fits into The Sims category, but stuff like Age of Empires, I remember playing with my dad a lot when I was younger. We had, um, this was back in the day with me and my sister with a little egg timer. Uh, I was allowed to go on the computer longer if I was with my dad, who is a gamer, but wouldn't call himself one because mostly nowadays he likes to play Call of Duty campaigns. He doesn't do multiplayer um, or like, football manager type stuff but we used to play age of empires and commander conquer together um so yeah i don't i'm i'm really going down a tunnel here johnny i won't lie to you i'm struggling to think of games that fit into that simulation category because i'm like how many of these are there i feel like opening up steam and seeing how many i've actually got going right let's go down this roller coaster how many have we got <laughs> she has actually opened up steam I have for opened who hasn't steam. watching the video version well there's no video version i can watch it so we've got anyway. age of empires is on here banished is on here to some degree binding of isaac does that fit into it because obviously you're building isaac as the character you want and choosing where to run him around calico is a game i've just downloaded that i really want to play where you sort of have your own little cute bakery and then you can run around and you can make friends and adopt cats and make the bakery look nicer so that one's on there city skylines i have to mention city skylines though i'm terrible at getting rid of all of the shite and the crap in a city so normally I end up just polluting and killing everyone uh there's all the command and conquers there red alert 2 being the best one uh cooking simulator classic very yeah i, th I think there's a thing with me with simulators you know i just never thought about it dream, dream daddy dating simulator there we go very nice <laughs> very nice yeah <laughs> Yeah, very it nice. tells a lot about someone when they have that. <laughs> very nice, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what, what about um, the more recent XCOM games as well? Because that would fall in line with that. See, now I have had XCOM, specifically the second one, recommended to me so many times. And I've never played it. And I don't know if that's... <gasps> I know. I don't know if it's at a point now where I just have so many games to play overwhelming stacks of games to play that i've just you know never done that but what i have played in the past year thanks to you know xbox game pass and all that coming out is i'm not particularly familiar with the gears of war franchise just because sort of aesthetically when i was younger i didn't i didn't play very much it was very brutish kicking down doors and i just it didn't really gel with me it's not a critique of the game i'm fully aware that the game is absolutely superb it's just not for mm. me and that's fine yeah However, in the past year, I did get to play Gears Tactics, which I'm told is like a spit, pretty much, of XCOM. And that, that game's fucking brilliant. That is very, very fun. Especially when you add in the sort of grisly fatalities you can do when you go up to people with like a hammer burst rifle. You can just like shotgun through a dude and rip them apart. But yeah, that also leads into my, I just love things that are really violent and gory. So The Sims! <laughs> That, that sort of says a lot right there as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like Valentine's Day that we literally just have. Me and my other half, we didn't watch a romantic movie. We watched Seven because I love Seven. Just definitely, infinitely more into violence and gore than I am. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> and then you find out it's not Gwyneth Paltrow, it's Tom York. <laughs> that might go over some people's heads. Right. You, just might, want to, you might want to watch video heads 15 step video it, you'll it'll make sense well there you go pause the podcast here go watch that come back and we'll just carry on talking about it okay 
<laughs> what about you though? Do you have like an affinity with God style games and, and RTS and stuff like that? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I would be um, sort of uh, if sort. I wouldn't say RTS and some stuff wouldn't be my picked up a lot. Like say for example, I am I am fucking awful at City Skylines and SimCity. <laughs> yeah, awful. fair dues, yeah. But strategy games, you sort of have... I also have to sort of pick and choose my battles with because, like, there are certain things and eras that appeal to me. Like, say, for example, the Civilization games, they appeal to me in the core aspect of what they do. Mm -hmm. But the historical aspects of it, it's just not for me but here's so, the like thing. age of empires and stuff as well that's yeah yeah too yeah, historical yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah too historical for me fair enough whereas civilization beyond earth i have had there that on my pc and i've been i keep saying to myself right you know how you should start an rts you should start that mm -hmm. because that is it's futuristic it's civilization fucking go for it have you heard and of I've frostpunk you might quite like frostpunk Frostpunk, I know of, but I've not played it. No. Shavalook, it's on Game Pass as well. I'm sorry, I'm working here. I'm <laughs> awful. I'm so sorry. I can't help it. It's, it's it's one of the perks of the job is that I have a product that I love talking about, and I feel like I talk about it so much in my day to day life because it it feels really good to just genuinely believe in something that you work with. And for me, that's Game Pass. I just think it's great. No, I mean like. There's your disclosure are one, but also two, she's also somewhat right. Game Pass is the shit. It is the <laughs> best. Yeah. It's the best. So like I mean, we're not sponsoring him. We're no. not sponsored by Xbox. But I may work right. for him. I can also tell him things that are crap about Xbox, but I'm here today to tell you I'm taking over this podcast to turn <laughs> it into what's your favorite? Johnny, you're my first guest. What's your favorite Xbox Game Pass game? Go. <laughs> Okay, there's too many games. There's exactly there's too many to choose from, and that's before we even go. Well, are we talking console or PC or Android and mobile? What are we talking about here? There is so much that you can do. Did you know that all of Destiny is just fucking on there? Like that alone is significant. Christ. Okay, I have one pick. I have one pick. It's not necessarily my favorite, but I'll say this. Go on. Control. <gasps> right. I haven't played Control, but I very recently bought the Ultimate Edition so I can have the enhancements. And I'm holding oh. off playing it because I heard that it didn't launch particularly well. And I want to make sure that it's fixed before I dive in and, and experience it for the first time. Mate. Mate. Yeah. Play Alan Wake first and then play Control. I cannot emphasize that enough. I played Alan Wake when it came out and I just thought it was so weird. I'm sorry. We can end this here if you want. I just didn't understand why I was Thanks for listening to this episode of My Favourite Game. Next week... <laughs> Next week we burn Charlie alive at the stake. Yes, we burn Charlie alive at the stake. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the premise and everything is there, but... I don't know. I think it might be the fact that there wasn't too much combat, and I don't know why that would change things, because there are games that I love that don't have combat in, but there was something about Alan Wake that just didn't click with me, though I, mm. I am aware that there is a lot of crossover between both Control and Alan because of Remedy that mm. um you know sort of only serves to amplify how good both of the games are. Mm. <sighs> Sorry. I'm so, so pleased to be good. There, there is a part, part of me that just legitimately wants to put her to the stake now as a result. <laughs> Because, like, Alaric is amazing and Shaw's amazing. It would have been better yeah. if I just said I hadn't played it, right? I shouldn't have been that honest with you. 
Probably. Yeah, I'm and sorry. And now that we are talking of Remedy, here I am lamenting that Sam Lake interview I did last year that never got publicized, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you can read all about it in Play Diaries, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. We, we do. We, we digress massively. Um... <laughs> Besides the point of saying, yeah, I really should play Civilization Beyond Earth, and yeah, XCOM and XCOM 2 are amazing RTS games. Let's jump back into The Sims, shall we? Can do. Let's uh, do it. Yes, let's do that. Um, so, we mentioned sort of how, um, what you've created and all that there, but like, at the forefront of it, like, what would you say has been the sort of, well, how, how, we sort of described as how, what would be your concept of playing on God. In terms of The Sims itself, um, what would be your sort of, what type of creator were you in terms of the sort of, were you interested, like we're obviously mentioning about the, the True Blood stuff and making yeah. the diner and stuff like that there. Mm -hmm. But like, were you also interested more in say, creating stories, creating all aspects of, of the world basically? That's a really good question. And I'm able to answer this now more recently that I've been aware, as I say, thanks to watching other people stream and make content on The Sims, there is actually a huge amount or like a uh, a specialist degree that you can have with The Sims of some people who will literally just spend hours building properties or recreating properties and then never building a single Sim to go in it and playing with them. There are some people who will role play. There are some people who will try to do like generations or like legendary stories where you start off with a grandma and you raise all of this and it's like the, blah, 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 and they just come up with this big grand concept and it's it has actually made me recently think about what i am as a sims player not so much as a creator because obviously the only content i make is my main character fucking as many men as possible if that's content i'm still unsure um but for me i think what i was up until doing this on stream was i don't know i sort of like replicating myself and my interests so as i said i would make i have a version of the sims i check in from time to time where i've recreated the house i am in to whatever detail i can get it to and i have me my other half my daughter and my cat in it in the past i've made relationships as i said when i was really into true blood i just wanted to role play the true blood characters but for some reason, I, I just really wanted... I think I most recently got the the restaurant. I think it was called like eating... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Eat out to help out. Let's just call it that. Um, yeah. I got that expansion and I really wanted a reason to play that. And so I thought, well, True Blood has loads of characters. So I'll just make them go do that. So I think there's just something for me in like putting something from my reality into the game and playing it that way. And again, I don't want to get all meta and unpick it, but there is something quite interesting because there's out of all the content creators I've seen, I haven't made that style of content, or at least I've not seen someone do that type of content creation. I don't know if it's because it's too personal to share online, but that's also, I guess that's just what I saw The Sims was. It was just a really personal connection where I can maybe unpack things about myself or fantasize about relationships and children and jobs. Because you know, when I started playing The Sims when I was younger, I was... I don't really know what I was going to do. I wanted to be a vet at some point and then I wanted to be a video game journalist and then I wanted to be a teacher and I think I felt a sort of unease throughout my life about where I was and what I was doing. Um, 
in fact and you won't be able to see this because this isn't a visual podcast but the first tattoo i ever got is this one along my collarbone which is elvish it's tengwa elvish to be specific and it says not all those who wonder are lost lord of the rings being my favorite thing in the entire world and i've always felt that stuck with me because even though i didn't know what i was doing or where i was going i knew i'd figure it out in the end and there's something that is so applicable from that sentence that applies to the sims of that you can just put a family in a house and you have no idea what's going to happen to them but they'll get there in the end and one of the things I never did in The Sims for some reason is I would never play a character until they hit an elder or they were old people. I would just get bored and move on to something else because I'd already achieved sort of the pinnacle of what I wanted for that family and then I'd leave and start another one. It's really dark, isn't it? It is a bit dark. Yeah. This is therapy, isn't it? Johnny, you have concealed this. What have you done here? I am not a licensed therapist, but fuck it. I I demand payment. (laughs) Has any of the other guests done this? Am I okay? Am I just looking to someone to talk to? (laughs) Have I been inside too long? I think at this point, if we're using this as a therapy session, I'm demanding payment after we're done here. I think I owe you payment after this. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. The amount of trauma that you're putting on me. I'm it's so traumatic to me. I'm sorry. I just love True Blood so much. It's a horrible <laughs> thing. I know. <laughs> Though, fun fact: the end of, spo- of True Blood is garbage. It's truly awful. They ruined the show. I fully fucked it. Well, at least no. I don't. I, I can't quite describe, compare True Blood to the end of Scrubs because then I never watched Scrubs. It didn't work for me. So I, my, my other half hates me for that because he loves Scrubs, but. Wasn't for me. We are learning so much about Charlie tonight, and we are learning. And I think all of them are negative as well. (laughs) A lot, a lot of them, all of them, all of them are negative. I'm just an awful person. (laughs) Oh God, I've got some apologies to send off after this goes live. I think. (laughs) Oh, hearing me. You will be invoiced by the time we are done here. No worries. I've got the bank account ready. You tell me how much you need for this in damages. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be at least low hundreds. Low? Oh, sorted, mate. Sorted. <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to pay me more, by all means do it. <laughs> right, you're robbing me now. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what you deserve. No, I'm joking. Um... <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so... You mentioned the expansions. Uh, Favourite ones, what would they be? Oh, dang. Okay. Um, Let me have a think about this for a second. I probably should have done some research beforehand um, so I could have spoke about this. Let me have a think. Um, I think some of the recent ones in Sims 4 have been really interesting. I quite like Strangerville. Um, Some of the more recent ones that they've added to the Sims 4 have come with some sort of story and a campaign, which is new to me as a sims player because you know the whole idea is that in minecraft is you go in you make your own story and then that's it and you're rewarded for exploring different elements of the game so strangerville i had a really fun time doing the campaign for that um i also really liked doing um another one of the sims 4 one which is eco lifestyle because there's something about being um I felt like that changed fundamentally how I played The Sims more than any other expansion. Because I had to think about, like, am I using too much water? If I'm in a certain neighbourhood, it's more 
um, sort of foggy and gross outside so my characters can get iller um, and my recycling things. And obviously I can I can choose to live somewhere where none of that's applicable and I can completely ignore the eco lifestyle, what's his name, Nox, who knocks on my door every single time and he's like, I got some fucking recycling for you. I can just ignore him completely. But I thought that was a really good pack of actually just getting into the game and completely changing things about it and making you think about what impact your sims were having on the world. And I just thought that was quite nice seeing, especially with that there's a lot of young players playing that game. I think I'm a crooked old beast. If my daughter plays that game and it makes her think about water usage and recycling things and maybe not dumpster diving, as that is an element of that franchise, then, I mean, that's only a good thing, surely. Saying that, you're not much older than me, are you? Like... I'm 30 this year. Oh, fuck. I'm actually slightly older than you. Okay, not too bad. I feel I'm decrepit, not... if that helps. I might not look it on the outside, but I feel decrepit. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> um, Here's a fun realisation that I've just realised on in the what hour or so that we've been talking about The Sims. No. Don't say you've <laughs> never played it or I'm going to jump through this webcam oh. and throttle you. <laughs> No, I'd played it. I'd oh, played it. Thank played God. It, okay. I take back my threat. What is it? <laughs> she, she was serious too. I was. Oh yeah. She was serious. Actually um, rubbing my hands. <laughs> um, we've been talking about The Sims, but the truth is, the realization that I that sort of realized upon me is that we it feels like we've been talking about The Sims as a series, not as an individual game. <laughs> Got you there, didn't I, mate? <laughs> Jordan Erica Weber has been vindicated at last. <laughs> I got all up in your system. I said, fuck it. I'm answering with five games. <laughs> but you're going to think it's one of them until I open my trap and the recording is going. I win. <laughs> The reason I sort of realised this is actually I didn't just realise it because I realised about uh, 12 hours ago <laughs> before we started recording. Yeah. I realized, wait, I didn't ask what specific game she was going to talk about. Fuck. Mm -hmm. And also that leads me to my next question of sorts in that you do view this, not necessarily you as in just you, Charlie, but like there are people who sort of view the series as one big game mm -hmm. with the sort of numbered installments as the big expansion like in a way. fifa for example it's it's literally the same game but every season you get a new update it looks slightly better you've got new fucking outfits in it and then the bloke who kicks the ball's got a different name i don't know football but that's fifa is pretty much the same right well i mean like fifa is basically content updates every two or three years yeah exactly i mean is that not what the sims is constant content updates and then every so often you'll I mean, get like, like a new overlay redesign and you have to buy is, it all over again this is sort of how now that i'm sort of sort of remunerated on it like the same how the game. Sims is. It, it's it's this one big constant game yeah and then you have the new numbered sort of installments they basically act as like sort of big expansions like you would for an mmo like final fantasy 14 or world of warcraft and then the expansions in themselves are sort of 
smaller content packs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Take World of Warcraft is a fantastic example. Yes, it's been one game, and you once you own the base game, that's it. But if you look at how the game looked many, many years ago, they have had updates and content and DLCs added that now the game looks completely different and there are new areas. So whilst there's still one base pack, there have been new additions. It's just with The Sims, they've added a new number on the end and gone, right, in this one... Uh, for example, I think it was three or four when it launched. You couldn't have any toddlers or something like that. They have since gone back and changed that. But along the way, the numbers have meant a marked increase or a change in like the heads up display or uh, certain emotions and sentiments that they can have now in the newer series that didn't exist back in the day. They basically just built on it. But it's the same game. <laughs> exactly the same. So so when you do put it like that, it is pretty much FIFA. It is, yeah. It's, it's You can't say the same for stuff like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty because that is different for every single game. But FIFA is, the it's football, but slightly better every year. The Sims is The Sims, but slightly better with every new release. Mm. They're just patching updates and calling it a new game. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. Got enough. you there, EA, haven't I? <laughs> you got me there, haven't I? <laughs> All seriousness, funny stuff aside for a second. Um, let's go back to that um, EGX panel a year yes. and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how. So, just to touch back on something that you said, like The Sims was that this was basically a personal outlet for you in terms of your relationships, your jobs, and more importantly, your sexuality as well to mm-hmm. sort of explore that. And uh, it was a very popular answer among every one on the panel basically if not majority of the panel because like it was basically that first place of sort of the sort of catalyst i think for like experimenting it was it was a catalyst in a way Mm. um it's and it's amazing that we sort of describe the sims in that way but the truth is it wasn't just sort of you know an answer for you know three or four or five people on that stage at the Excel Center like a year and a half ago, it's an answer for a whole lot of people as well. Because mm-hmm. like The Sims was basically a queer awakening for a lot of people as well. I think it's because like, if you talk about Tell Me Why, for example, and there is a concept of queerness and the trans experience that is fluent throughout that game and was very incredibly well considered between glad and don't nod when they conceptualized and made the game and put it together however Mm. i think you would be hard pressed to find an individual who describes the sims as a queer game nobody Mm. would it's a game about life and in that game as in real life you can choose to be queer and in the more recent updates of the sims in sims 4 specifically i'm not sure if it had it in previous ones you can choose to have male sims with a high-pitched feminine voice who maybe sit down to go to the toilet and can be pregnant you can literally tailor your experience and have yourself visualized in this game in ways that no other game does without it being labeled as a queer game and i think that that means that so many people like like i said when i was playing it back then i thought literally nothing of it i didn't do this i didn't make two girls kiss in the sims and go fuck yeah i'm gay i didn't think anything about it i say it now because fuck yeah i'm gay but the sims was just a case of like normalizing it 
and just letting you experience that stuff for yourself. I would imagine if you are an a incredibly heterosexual person, you would never think of getting a man and a man to kiss or a, a female and a female to kiss. And that game doesn't tell you you need to do that as part of a DLC to learn about queerness. You it sort of, there's just no barrier. If you want to do it, you just can. And that's, that's an interesting way to sort of put it because as well, like, what my sort of queerness when it comes to sort of exploring my queer side, because like I wasn't really out as you know queer at the time as you know by then I guess, but like, my idea is queer. But like, um, like I didn't really sort of have a sort of experience in that way in terms of the Sims. Like a sort of my queer awakening was like we I met me and Ed you know, on that panel mentioned Metal Gear Solid Two mm-hmm. uh, with Vamp being by and. You know, I mentioned, you know, my favorite queer moment in the game being, you know, um, uh, 2B and Near Automata. But I think a whole lot of that as well, like, I've not really talked a whole lot about this, although I think I might later in this season because, mm-hmm. spoiler, there's going to be an episode on mm-hmm. this series later down the line. Ooh, tune in. <laughs> oh, fuck it, I'll just say it. Ooh. Mass Effect 2. <gasps> okay. First off, we finally have a Mass Effect episode at last, but that's for a few weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Secondly, my 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 shepherd was Femship, mm-hmm. and I love Femship. I adore Femship. Um, I will go to bath for Femship. I like that's not to say oh, male shepherd isn't isn't bad or isn't or is you know all that. There. Mark Muir is a terrific actor. Male Shep is great, but there's a massive affinity for Femship. I love Jennifer Hale. I love the work that she's done on other games as well, especially Metal Gear Solid 2, but Femship for me. And I'm very lucky that I got the interview here like several years ago for Eurogamer. Um, but for me, Femship, I was playing as Femship across the entire Mass Effect trilogy. Mm-hmm. And my Femship was basically bi mm-hmm. in that uh, she was just basically playing the field, basically. Love it. Um, it's my kind like, of gal. Like, yeah, nah, it's like, <laughs> that's who she is. And mm-hmm. um, But I sort of wanted to sort of put that on my femship because it was the only way I could sort of, at time, explore my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess what my point is that The Sims, I didn't really have that experience with The Sims in terms of, you know, you know being able to do, yeah, yeah. like... If you want, if you wanted to do something, just do it. I couldn't really do that, but at least with Mass Effect, I found that sort of ability to explore my queerness to an extent with my femship. And as a result of that, I think games have now become a more powerful outlet to explore a person's queerness, whether that is, you know, from something like Mass Effect, The Last of Us, Tell Me Why, to you know, fully, you know, sort of going whether that's being projected onto them or they're projecting onto a creative character, mm-hmm. to something like The Sims where you're just basically able to go and do as you please, basically. And it's a sexuality sandbox, is The Sims. That's, <laughs> that's the game. That's the... If, if you ever go to work at EA, please <laughs> use that on the box for The Sims 5 or The Sims oh, 6 or something. It's done. The fact I've said that out loud means it's trademarked and it's copyright, copyright, copyright. And so they they have to come to me now, if anything. Pay, pay, pay the royalties <laughs> exactly the yeah yeah um but i guess what i was trying to sort of go for is that 
games have now become a lot more of a powerful outlet now, especially mm-hmm. for, you know, sort of exploring queerness. Yeah. And I think it's interesting of... that the two examples we, we align to here being The Sims and Mass Effect, these are slightly older games where <gasps> it was more sort of, maybe less so with The Sims because it was just the game was about so much more than you could just be a woman and you could get married to a woman. But in take, for example, Mass Effect 2, the fact that you could have a character that, as you say, played for both teams and, and threw herself around a little bit, that was an interesting, exciting thing because the game just sort of let you make that decision. And I think you have the same thing in Saints Row 3 as well, I believe. You can also make your own path of who you want to be with. But nowadays, I think those games maybe, for lack of a better word, have paved a way where we can just have queer like full stop underline bold italic characters that are unquestionably gay and it's not about how you have made them gay that is just who they are and it is acceptable and we write these characters now and they are at the forefront of games because there is an interest in this and yeah like i'm saying it's not like the sims where you make that it just is nowadays which is wonderful on that note i am actually going to point out Charlie has done a fantastic video for Xbox On like several years ago that mm-hmm. explores some of the best queer characters in games. And uh, like, I will link to it uh, on playdiaries.com when this goes live because it is definitely worth checking out. But it is yeah. like... Me and my girl Leah just out there. Two proud gay women just talking about gayness on with an Xbox logo behind us. And it felt really lovely to do that. I fought really hard to make that video happen and didn't hit any barriers on the, along the way, which is always lovely. The, the, like, it is genuinely an, an amazing video. I keep saying that to you every time we talk. You did make an amazing video. You and, and like, it's... And we got to put all of our own research into this. So uh, all the games we brought to the table are games that meant something to both me and Leah. We wrote the script. We got it approved to make sure the messaging overall was fine. We then went and filmed it and chose all the footage to go in it. So, yeah, that video comes from the heart. It's, it's a shame that some comments on it are shit, sure, but the video is not for those fucking idiots. It's for people who subscribe to Xbox and just want to see Xbox supporting who they are and seeing that that is an okay thing to be in this space without having to play games like The Sims where maybe you're tucking your sexuality away and doing all yeah. your, your little naughty things in the corner. Like That's what we need more of is less sort of slack division from brands but showing off that actually you're here you're queer and we fucking love it and you're welcome here can i just point out something one more thing on this note Mm -hmm. um uh, like while we record like at the time of record it's been a few days since the technical director of the coalition came out as trans Mm -hmm. and what i loved about that is just how the kids aside there was an immense support across Huge. the board from everyone in the industry, including Phil Spencer. Including, I found out from Phil. I saw his quote retweet supporting supporting her, and I went on and I had to send my love as well. Like this is amazing. Congrats! The the bravery in order to just authentically say who you are, especially when you're such a staple person, and to not feel like you have to keep that back. And again, I'll reiterate in a in an industry where there are some cement heads. Yeah, just. Love it. Amazing. I love how you just basically said some meant heads. But they are. Like, I'm I'm past the point of caring or protecting individuals no. who who just don't care anymore. You you are either an ally, you're either a straight ally, and if you are not a straight ally, you are homophobic. Like, full stop. That's it. End of the line. It's 2021. We ain't taken any more niceties anymore. Like, that's it. Just get out. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. No. It's very blunt, but that's just the way I feel about it. And like, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a window of opportunity to educate someone and talk to them. Or maybe not even educating, but just letting them know, like, there's a chance you came from a conversation or a lifestyle or a background in which you didn't have access to this information, or you never saw queer people and learnt about those experiences. I know when growing up, I didn't either. But I then took it upon myself to figure out the world outside of my perspective. So whenever I encountered people that were different to me, who were a minority or marginalized, I could at least understand where they can come from. And I could reflect that in my language and how I spoke to them and how I shared information about them with other people. And some people are just ignorant or stupid because they don't have those lessons. So I think the first step is understanding, are you open to a conversation to learning? And if they're not, get the fuck out because clearly you don't want to know and you don't want to change your backwards thinking so mm. that's how i'm approaching this year going forward anyway johnny that that is a good healthy way to approach things that honestly <laughs> is it Thank really you. really is and also if nothing else i have learned two amazing thing two amazing terms from recording the season of my favorite game the first being sort of pandemic okay from fernando rizzo of modern wolf and now the second being sermentes <laughs> <laughs> cement head by the way being the perfect description for gamers that's it they're just being cement heads <laughs> that's a that's a charlie hodson trademark yeah. you're welcome <laughs> i know oh fuck i just realized now basically any money she has to pay me for this basically very possession i'll basically have to pay back yeah. now for, in royalties for yeah we'll just call it even even stevens you just get this podcast okay. out there and let, let the people know and then we're even okay fair enough yeah <laughs> I've, I've, it sort of ties itself together. Exactly. Um, so, um, what do you like about the Sims that we've not discussed tonight? Um, I don't really know. I feel like we've covered a lot of the bases, but I think it's it's worth reiterating. Um, maybe take the sexuality part off this next bit of conversation because we've had that. But the sandbox element to it is. Oh. I, I I would say my favorite part. I just feel like you can you can go in and bar some limitations of what's actually featured in the game or not. You can just make a character you like. You can make a story. You can be happy. You can be sad. You can be wild and do some crazy stories. You can live by yourself and have a million cats and just want to be an author. And I just feel like there's unlimited potential there to, you know, create a fantasy or create a reality that you want. And for me, at least, and if there's anyone who listens to this, and can think of other games that give you that unparalleled access to being gods, please let me know because The Sims just ticks every box for me. Whatever whatever mood I want to play The Sims in, I know I can open it up, create a character, and go do it. And The Sims is just excellent for that. Again, Charlie has a control problem. Yes, We're I have. That out here. God. <laughs> she has a God complex issue. Yeah, I do. And it suits me fine, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that you are embracing it at least. Yes, exactly. Let's not I, shy I, away I, from it. I appreciate that. I respect that. Thank I really you. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, what don't you like about the Sims? Um, what don't I like about the Sims? Aside from you know, like I said, some quality of life stuff. Um, and it being a bit buggy and glitchy sometimes, and characters won't do things you want them to do. Um, I, what I would really, really like them to do in the next update or the next DLC, um, and they are working on this and, uh, I'm not, I am an authentic voice on this because it's a shame to see it, but this, this would be a lot more powerful and integral coming from someone who it reflected, but 
we need more representation in it in terms of skin colors and body sizes for sure you can make sort of like heavy sets women but you can't make authentic larger bodies there is a limitation to the sort of scale a human being can be um they've only very recently actually updated the array of skin tones you can have to actually represent black individuals and brown individuals um so that's something that is a crit critique of the game that's gone around the community for a very long time and thankfully you can see some elements of that improving as it is and fingers crossed five will do even better if that's ever on its way but one thing for me is i would love for it to um i don't know more jobs i know it's really really stupid but i feel like we've been stuck in the same sort of nuclear family you're a scientist you're a policeman you're a politician you're a teacher sort of jobs and i would love for it to grow and i know you can be like i think it's called like a sims sims fluencer or something like that and you can be famous on simstagram or whatever but I don't know i'd like to see more the more variety in jobs you can do or maybe more things you can do with teenagers in the game teenagers are very crap as soon as they've stopped being a kid um they you're now just waiting for them to be a young adults so you can basically just do other things with them so yeah i think some more thought on what it means to be a teenager in the game these are all really really small critiques of the game though um just because it's, it's again it's just nice extra bits to have they've sort of hit most of the other nails on the head for me it's funny how you mentioned teenagers are basically crap in that game because basically teenagers become crap in real life anyway this is very true and perhaps that's the reason why they've done it <laughs> maybe just to go back to what you said about sims being a personal outlet for yourself not to get too personal but maybe you could sort of use that for experience for what comes in a few years time with your own daughter mate she's already a teenager she is honestly i know everyone says this about their kids but she is the sassiest almost nine-year-old you've ever met she knows exactly how to manipulate me and her father truly she we have got trouble coming with that one and i don't think the sims are going to help me with it <laughs> oh no i love her with all my heart and i mean trouble only because she is too clever she knows she is she knows me and Luke, my other half, so well. She knows what's to say to each of us to get what she wants or to how the how to play the two of us against each other. And that only comes that way because she is a fiercely individual person who knows her own mind and we've empowered her to be intellectual and creative. And it's just gonna come back to bite us in the ass when we get a walking mini me god complex around the house, I guess. Yeah. It is a generational thing though. <laughs> Oh, bless uh, her. She's great. She's really into Roblox at the moment. She absolutely adores Roblox. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a complex I've played it myself, but maybe I should. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's been 20 plus years of The Sims. What would you say has been the influence of it? Obviously, we can sort of say that sort of sandbox sort of aspect of it and sort of exploring aspects of yourself like your queerness and stuff like that there and sort of building a sort of imaginary life for yourself um but like what like yeah like what do you think is the legacy of the sims with that in mind it's an interesting one because as the human experience grows and what we do in our day-to-day -day realities improve or we get additional things to think about those those would obviously all be amazing to see in future editions so five if we ever get a six but surely there's just going to come a point where we've got everything in the sim so i'm really unsure what the legacy would be and if it would just eventually turn into like a sort of 
Ooh, maybe to go back to your previous question, I'm going to mix two questions together here about what I'd love to see. Maybe you turn it into like an MMO, a Sims MMO, World of Warcraft style, where actually you just have neighborhoods and houses and you can add friends and go to each other and like actually build relationships with people online. Like that would be a fucking, I don't know how it works. It would sound like it'd be a logistical nightmare, but that would be amazing. Cause I just don't know how many, are we ever going to have Sims 7 or Sims 8? i don't bloody know but if you make a, a central online sims that maybe is is global i am building a whole game here you could go live in new york or something like that and then you can pay to move to london or something and then you make friends i don't know but like that just sounds so nice and actually turning a you're having fun being social on a solo game and actually making it a little bit more like it's actually social with the rest of the world sounds pretty cool to me it's funny because you mentioned that sims mmo because like it's there was two games i always assumed would be mmos the sims and grand theft auto mm. and now we have one of them now with grand theft auto yeah so... mate i mean the, the grand theft auto online is a beast that's never going to get taken down that thing is hugely impressive however that stays in the top 10 games purchased every single week since its release is just it's a testimony to what they've done i am done critiquing that game and saying that it's missing elements and it's not all that good on the online system people clearly couldn't give a rat's ass because they just love it you can't see this but i'm making the money gesture <laughs> <laughs> it, that's that's why money nah. money money talks totally money <laughs> they call pink floyd <laughs> money um <laughs> okay so we sort of uh sat on this question earlier but it's time to ask it top three sims games ever oh okay in order or just top three top three top three and am i allowed to say like, are you asking for expansion packs or specifically a game i i would say specifically a game okay so i'm gonna say in my top three i'll organize these afterwards sims 2 busting out on the playstation okay sims 4 and i want to say either sims 2 on pc or sims 3 and the reason i'm unsure of either on those at the moment is i can't decipher which expansion packs sit for each version of the game so I'd, I'd need to look into that a little bit more so i'm gonna say either i'm gonna put two dash three as my third favorite one again dependent on which ones the dlcs belong to but it's which, whichever one is like get busy or like when you can like go to a job or have a restaurant or like university or something like that it's, it's that era i loved my second favorite one is going to be Sims Busting Out because of the the 10 different houses you live in and the actual you get quests and you have to get to certain stuff like parts in relationships with your mum, with your friends to make it up to the land grab mansion at the end. I just remember feeling really accomplished when I made it to that mansion. And then my top number one favorite is, I think it's really obvious to say, but it's Sims 4 because it's, as we were saying, in terms of the game, just having content updates and quality life updates, it's just the most recent version of it. And whilst I have really good memories playing one and, and onwards, there are obviously things that I would not go back and play about them because they're really old and they're dated and probably the control system's a bit weird. So Sims 4 is just the most polished version of the game I love. So that would be my favorite. You saying that they're all sort of, uh, uh, well, some of the games are slightly um, data. I, I, there's a part of me that wants to grab my PS2 and find a copy of The Sims for the PS2 mm -hmm. because that was 
the shit. It was the... so good. I loved it so much. I went and played herbs. And herbs was shite. Oh, but it sweet was like, child. I know. I just because I just wanted to have another version. I tried herbs because I remember there being that really slender woman on the cover. I had massive knockers and a tiny waist, and like that big. It was like purple or pink hair or something. And I was just mm. hypnotized by her, and I wanted to go play it. And I, I didn't get on with it so well. But I played the herbs because of Sims Two busting out. Oh, same. It was <laughs> that was basically the through line. The Sims being fantastic the sims 2 boston had been great yes. and then the others are like oh, <coughs> oh my god you're in this sort of modern environments no. sort of metropolis new york like area and you've got the black eyed peas as friends yes. for whatever oh fucking god. reason i forgot about that but yes <laughs> and then just oh you just you just sort of going to a fetal ball how bad it is so you just go hello yeah it smile. didn't everything about it was so promising um and i can't exactly remember why it had so many failures for me but it just didn't quite tick the box but maybe that's because the just sims 2 busting out at that time was just exactly what i needed it to be so just didn't live up to expectation mm. Mm. I, I guess yeah when you sort of have that sims formula and it just sort of doesn't yeah. It, 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 it blasphemous. Was bad. It was like there was blasphemous. Good way to put it. <laughs> it was blasphemous. That's mm. all you can say, really. <sighs> oh, what could have been? <laughs> what could have been? mentions now because i want to make sure i do talk about these other ones yes yes you can talk about your honorable mentions now um yes. like do, like do feel free to give as much context as you like but like for what it's worth charlie has told me she has a ton of honorable mentions yeah. a ton of them so, so by I all means go, go wild because i've mentioned a couple of them have actually come up naturally in me talking about you know my influences and where i've got to Fable 2, for example, I'm not sure if I would call it my favourite game of all time, but hugely significant for me in terms of sort of it being, uh, I've used this word a few times, but a catalyst for gaming and wanting to consume more games. Uh, Age of Empires 2, I played it so much with my dad. It sits in the same category as Command and Conquer Red Alert. And for me, it's just a really, really important series that I only have fond memories of. Uh, one of my favourite ones and ones that I really, really struggled actually to decide whether it should be my number one is Borderlands because I've played every single edition of Borderlands. I will argue to heaven and hell that Handsome Jack is one of the best video game characters slash villains ever to be made. Fucking love him and I cannot wait for the movie. I really don't want them to let me down. I remember every character I've played in those games. I remember laughing through them. I've co-opted them all with my other half who outside of playing FIFA and cricket games, that's the one that he loves the most. So that's really important for me. And, my... and Tales from the Borderlands is coming back as well. 
well. Oh, stop it. I've been waiting years for Tales from the Borderlands. And when we knew three was coming along, I really wanted them to make sure they touched on the death. I won't say anything more than that, but the death that happened in the first series of Tales from the Borderland because it's such a canonical character that they mm. need to reflect it. And I think they did it really well. So I, just everything to do with Borderlands, I love. I just think it is truly superb. Um, so yeah, that would be, that was another one of my options. But my last one is Forza Horizon 4, which mm. um, as a someone who has grown up her whole life playing racing games, I remember playing Colin McRae Rally. I've been playing Gran Turismo, all the Need for Speeds, by the way, uh, Most Wanted and Carbon are the best two. Don't fight me. That's just the answer. She's right. Carbon is fucking criminally underrated. Yep, Carbon is the best one. It is fucking Underground 2 under as well. Actually, let's pop that on the list. Underground 2 is very good. So all of that sort of turned me into someone who... You know, it, I mean, if you don't know that much about me outside of this podcast and what I've already said, another thing I do every month is I present the Forza monthly and or Playground monthly shows for them to talk about new updates coming to Forza Horizon 4 and, and so on and so forth. And I just, I, I have to reiterate sometimes to people that like, I know jack shit about cars. I couldn't tell you head from ass about a car i truly could not but my god if i don't love racing games and for me forza horizon 4 is the pinnacle of it i am not good at racing simulators like forza motorsport because i'm in it to have fun and sort of drive around a city listen to a cool soundtrack and the, the seriousness and the albeit very impressive seriousness of motorsport isn't my kind of vibe so therefore mm. forza horizon 4 and 3 just hit the nail on the head just insane amount of fun i i'm still playing it two and a half years after release consistently on my stream uh there are still things i want to do and unlock and i just think it, it's it's just perfect i i am legitimately in love with that series because forza horizon 1 is such a perfect arcade racing game mm -hmm. with an incredible soundtrack forza horizon 2 got me through was one of the games that got me through the worst time of my life mm -hmm. when uh my mother died oh, um and then forza horizon 3 and 4 are just stupendously mm -hmm. brilliant games um like that's sort of why one, Forza Horizon is so incredible because they're made by a team who cares in playground games. Yeah. And two, that is also why I am looking forward to Fable so much because they're masters. They know what they're doing. It's 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 playground. They, exactly. Like, how, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I know that from what they have done with Forza Horizon, it is going to be stupendously brilliant they're just gonna and do just... it yeah they're just you know they've smashed it i feel like fable is incredibly safe in their hands and i'm ready to play it whenever they're ready for us to play it because it will just be it will be correct it'll be correct it will be correct it's it's, it's playground doing it and just because fable's back i yeah. guess I know, so exciting when I saw that trailer. But yeah, one final one i will mention and then i will stop talking because uh, it's a bit of a divisive one in the sense that I've not played a lot of its sequel, which arguably people would say out of the two games is the best version and is game of the year, game of the century. But Red Dead Redemption 1 
is one of my favourite games of all time. Not two. Not played a lot of two. It was almost too much Red Dead Redemption for me. Too realistic. Two Sims. But Red Dead Redemption 1 is the only video game I have ever cried at. And I did everything in that game. I found every single bit of like herb you could find i killed every animal i took on like flipping was saber tooth tigers or something like that with knives because it was a it was a hunter challenge i just everything about that game did it for me and there was a stage of my life where i wanted to marry john marston <laughs> uh, haven't we all i feel though? like i feel like we have sort of opposite opinions on red dead redemption okay mm -hmm. because you love it so much whereas i think uh, that's not necessarily say Red Dead Redemption's a bad game. No, I mean I'm I have this opinion all the time, right? I'm gonna say an opinion now that I've repeated on every video, every podcast I've ever been on, and if my other half can hear me, he'll be rolling his eyes. But I think it's really important for people to hear this, okay? And you can substitute in whatever you want, and it sounds like this might be Red Dead for you, okay? I think the Beatles are shit. <laughs> I cannot stand the beat. Right, let me finish. Let me finish. Take that away. Let me finish. I do not like the Beatles. However, I know the Beatles are very, very good and are hugely influential. And it's important that the world has the Beatles, but it is not my taste of music. And I think for you, that's what Red Dead is. You know how important Red Dead Redemption is and you cannot critique the game. It's just not mm. for you. And it's fine to think that way. Me not liking yeah. the Beatles oh, yeah. doesn't make them shit. It just means I don't like them. No, that's fair enough. Um, no, the reason I say that is because, like, I just sort of wanted to point out the contrast because, like, you love Red Dead Redemption. I, it's not that I necessarily don't like Red Dead Redemption 1. It's just a bit eh, overrated slightly. But mm -hmm. I love, I adore Red Dead Redemption 2. I love it more than Red Dead 1, frankly. Interesting. Yeah, we're on completely separate planes. Don't get me wrong, I loved 2, but I'm not finished it. I think I left my character in New Orleans. I remember his name is Arthur, but I can't tell you his second name. I can't tell you Arthur any Morgan. of... Morgan. That's the one. I can't tell you any of the group of bandits we were with, but Red Dead Redemption 1, Arthur, his kids, Armadillo, I remember that all so vibrantly. I think... In the way that you mentioned a game came to you at a very, very important time and, and you needed it and it sort of healed you emotionally, that was Red mm. Dead for me. Without going into too many mm. details, that was a game yeah. that was just at the right time for me to lock everything else out and it was that was on the TV and that's what I did. No, that's that's totally fair. I understand that. that, that that's a good way to sort of describe it. Top three games ever. What would they be? Obviously, oh Sims God. up, but okay. Um, um, Sims Four. Um, oh, Johnny, can I have five instead of three? I'll let. Okay, uh, Sims, Borderlands, but we'll go for Borderlands. Uh, two here, maybe the pre-sequel, but two. Forza Horizon Four. Red Dead Redemption number one and World of Warcraft. But I played it specifically vanilla up till Cataclysm. I didn't do anything post that. So I didn't get oh. didn't mess about with the pandas. Like if you if you wanna if, if everyone wants to have a claim to fame, you could say you've met the only person, it's me by the way, who has fished every single coin out of the Dalaran fountain. That was me. I did that. So <laughs> how much i love world of warcraft i nearly my other half we've been together 10 years this year we nearly split up after a couple months because i stopped going to dates so i could do my fishing dailies and <laughs> i had to go cold turkey on world of warcraft at university because of him 
because because otherwise i would lose him so yeah oh what a walkout has to be up there have you not played classic at all yet nope i i i want to i dabbled a little bit but oh, john we could have a whole new episode on this I, when I went back to Classic and tried to play it, and I did a little bit towards the end of the summer last year, I realised that my love and what I recall from World of Warcraft is the nostalgia, the friends I had at the time, hanging out on Ventrilo, laughing at 4chan memes. That was what I missed. And when I played the game, it was the grind to get back up to level whatever the fuck uh, and sit in general chat with my friends, it wasn't there anymore because I wasn't a teenager skipping out on college because I was too depressed to get on the bus that day to go see people. And so I would spend all night, I would sit 14 hours at a time playing World of Warcraft with friends I'd made around the world. That's what mm. I loved about World of Warcraft. So, yeah. That, and that's a good way to sort of describe games as well. They've been a massive outlet, not just in terms of, you know, stuff like sexuality, but like, mm. you know, mental health as well. So. Totally. It was just there for me. And if I wanted to go fish all the, the coins out of Dalaran Fountain and just listen to music for hours on end and not think about anything, I could. And it was great. And World of Warcraft was the game I was thinking about for this. But it's a very difficult one to bring up because my experience on World of Warcraft is so limited to those few expansions that I played. And I know jack shit about the lore, like Destiny, for Christ's sake, that could have been on my list as I love Destiny. Couldn't tell you anything that's happening, but the gameplay is so fun and the friends I have on it. Shout out to Patrick Dane and George Morgan, who I play Destiny with every single week. Patrick is one of the nerdiest people I know when it comes to Destiny stuff. And Can confirm. He hates that I don't know anything about the game, but I don't... There are very very few games that go into my head and the bigger the game, the, the larger the game, take you World of Warcraft or your Destiny, it just doesn't go in. And it's about the gameplay or the friends I have on them is the reason why I love them. And so when I revisited WoW, I didn't have the same crowd. I didn't have the same vibes of this is even funnier because it's four o'clock in the morning. And so the game was just a bit of a wah, wah. When you put it like that in terms of the lore knowledge, it's sort of one and one out, basically. Yeah, totally. I, I, sometimes I will just pick up a quest and I will just wait for it to tell me what the thing is I need to do. I and read the story or where i need to go or who fuck even the person is just right and you need me to get some bear pelts okay let's go and then i'll come back and now i'm a different level and you want me to go over here okay right, we're gonna go over here now and then i'm gonna come back and be like oh yay now i could do a dungeon like that was that was world of warcraft to me oh <laughs> uh, anyone keep... so much about me we are learning so much about charlie as a person here it's 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 <laughs> unbelievable i am frankly surprised at how much uh patrick is just sort of able to keep up with everything i know he keeps me at bay i think he plays destiny with me so i don't have to upset any other actual destiny players it's i'm his like dirty little destiny secret
if you want to see my day job, if you are following Xbox UK or Ireland on any social media platform, that is my strategic brain behind it. Either signing off tweet copy or coming up with memes or some of the larger scale stuff we do. So the stuff around the Series X and S launch that we did last year. I'm, I'm one of the, the many wonderful people behind that. If you want a bit of me, I'd like to be very, very consistent. Just search It's Charlie though, Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y on any platform and you will find me. I stream on Twitch three nights a week. Um, there's one element of my personality that hasn't been present on this podcast and that is the fact that I burp a lot. So if you want to see what that sounds like, three nights a week over on Twitch. Otherwise, I have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, pretty much anything that anyone else has nowadays. Um, I don't have a TikTok. I have a TikTok to follow people, but I'm, I'm yet to make a TikTok. That's a realm I'm not comfortable to step into just yet. Oh, God. <laughs> I Lies. love it. I, do, I just love it. It just makes me laugh. It's Vine, and I, I loved Vine, and I'm very um, nostalgic for Vine, and I don't know, TikTok scratches that for me. You have no idea how many Vine compilations I've seen on TikTok. But I was up till 2 o'clock last night watching them still to this day just sat in my room by myself in my pajamas saying them all out loud no one was in the room i wasn't impressing anyone i was just saying them <laughs> funny thing there's a, an audio of driver's license going about and it's just like i didn't realize the, the massive of it like da, 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 and then i just and then uh, i heard driving around my mum's car boom boom, boom. <laughs> and i didn't realize that was from a vine until i saw the vine first yeah yeah oh, this is pretty much par for the course of this episode. We're basically ending with stupidity and TikTok, isn't it? Hell yeah! Welcome to my world! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know something else really fun? The reason why I'm called Charlie with two Y's is because I realised during my MySpace era that if I put an extra letter on my name, my SEO ranking would be higher. My real name is Charlotte. No one calls me it, though. <laughs> you can have that one for free. That is... A revelation. I was to a teenager me. when I branded myself with two Y's, so when I was eventually famous as I thought I was gonna be, more people would find me easier. Truly. I, I was I'm not gonna lie, I was genuinely wondering about that, so now we know. Yep, now you know. Just don't no, call no, me we... Charlotte, alright? Or else we will have to fight. Thanks for coming on the show, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I redact everything. I don't play video games. You can't air this episode now. I hate video games. I don't. I've lied about everything. I've been reading a script. None of this is true. It, it, everything is a lie now. She was She yeah. was basically hijacking the Xbox currents now. Yeah. I'd like to refer to my actual favourite game, Leisure Suit Larry. It's great. You should play it, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast on PlayDiaries.com where people in the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game or press play before they go live publicly, please consider subscribing to our $2 here on Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, Else White on ZeroScape 999. 9 hours, 9 persons, 9 doors. Until next week, bye-bye.